Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm done engaging on the conversation. I'm done engaging on the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today, on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down this week's Real Houses of Salt Lake City, which I believe was the best episode since the premiere. I thought this uh, episode was wonderful. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. After the recap, I'll also be playing an interview with Dr. Tiffany Moon from the Real Houses of Dallas. She was everything I wanted her to be and more. She was lovely. So if you want to listen to that interview, I'll put the timestamp in the episode description so you can skip ahead um, or just uh, listen to the whole episode and you'll get that interview as soon as we're done with this Salt Lake City recap. Now, I played that sound clip of Meredith saying she's done engaging. I'm done engaging on the conversation. I'm done engaging. She's been done engaging in conversation since we started the show. That soundbite has played in every single episode of this show that I've watched, and I need her to get engaged at some point. Danielle Staub has been engaged to more humans than Meredith Marks has been engaged in conversations on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and I need her to step it up. I get it. We did get some insight as to the, uh, why she doesn't like to engage in conversation this week. She said it was because, you know, growing up, she had this, uh, her parents had this situation, and I understood all of that, and I I get that I'm empathetic to that. I'm sympathetic to that. However, this again, this is the Real Housewives, and I need you to get engaged at least a little bit. 
Although I am loving Meredith Marks, you guys, I'm finding her more and more relatable every week. I feel like she's me on an airplane after I have a half a Xanax and a Chardonnay chaser. I feel like that's what she walks into every scene like, like my arresting state on an airplane after I have my plane drugs and a half a Chardonnay. That's what Meredith Marks is like every episode of the show. She's like a little bit snoozy, and I like that about her. Not saying she does those things, but I am saying... Like maybe somebody like shoots her with a tranquilizer dart before she goes in front of the red light on the camera because there's just something a little snoozy about her. And I love that. That's my favorite part about her. It's like I, I, maybe one of these weeks we can pump her with some caffeine or something, get her a, I don't know, something. We need to get something into Meredith Marks to wake her up a little bit. Like, look alive, Meredith. That's what my, that's what my dad used to say when I was playing little league baseball games or football or whenever I was in a sport as a young kid, my dad would just be on the sidelines like, look alive, Dan. And that's what I feel like I'm shouting at the screen at Meredith Marks, like, look alive. (laughs) Look alive, Meredith. Um, but I love her again. Just, uh, uh, observation, if you will. This week, we're still in Vegas. And it's interesting. Last week on the show, we saw they did the race car driving, Lisa, Meredith, and uh, Whitney. And we didn't talk about this last week, but they did. uh, Lisa was a terrible driver, even though she was saying she's all good with the race car tracks and she worked with Dempsey, meaning Patrick Dempsey. She still was very slow. And this week, we opened the show with everyone dragging her driving, which I really enjoyed. It was fun. But Whitney, Meredith, and Lisa, they all sort of made up. You know, Meredith says this week, I felt very good about that conversation with Whitney. You know, she's, they're excited. They've moved on. They've all made up. Uh, Meredith did apologize, or I'm sorry, Whitney did apologize. And so we're moving on. But Jen, she's not moving on. She's not over Coach Shaw's party. She's pissed about it. And the women were all supposed to have this dinner. They go to this nice restaurant in their hotel in Vegas. Uh, Jen arrives in a Rainforest Cafe themed outfit. You know, she's wearing the all green. It looked like sort of, I know she's going for JLo, but I got more Rainforest Cafe. And it didn't help the fact that this restaurant, I don't know if you guys caught this, but they had a big picture of something like a picture of alcohol on the table with all these birds on it. Did anyone catch this? I thought I was at the Rainforest Cafe because this picture of alcohol that was sitting on the table just had fake birds all over it. And I was like, where the fuck do these fake birds come from? Like, why are they... On the al- it was like they were a garnish, but it was a garnish for like a whole bucket of alcohol. Did anyone catch this? I'm at least I'm assuming that was alcohol on the table. There was some big bucket of liquid, and then they threw a, a million fucking ba- fake birds on top of it. I was like, the whole restaurant didn't seem like a, it would have birds in it, but then the table drink had all these fake birds on it, and some of those birds looked real, you guys. And there's no bird that I want in my drink, okay. I've been shit on before outdoors. I don't know if anyone's been shit on by a bird. I certainly have. It's not fun. They say it's good luck. I don't find it to be good luck. I didn't win the lottery after I got shat on by a bird outside. Uh, so I don't want a bird shit in my drink. Okay. And I know it was a garnish, but it was a little too realistic. Like if I'm going to have a cocktail that's going to have a bird garnish, I want the birds to look like fucking cartoons. Remember that Anne Hathaway movie where she played a bird? What was it called? Like Rio? I want the birds to look like that in my garnish. I don't want a realistic bird like this restaurant had. I swear, those birds looked like they were going to fly away. They didn't even look like they were fake birds, and they had them on top of the drink. I was like, I would be confused. That's why Jen came in so hot to that restaurant. She saw those birds, probably thought they were real and shitting in her drink. She's like, oh my God. That's what made her go from zero to 100 real quick, that Jen Shaw. Uh, But Jen Shaw, she's pissed. She is pissed because the Coach Shaw's party was ruined. Now, even though we saw her make up with Whitney... She still is coming in hot. And again, she sits down with Meredith and Lisa. 
who uh, tell Jen that they're fine with Whitney. They're cool with it. But Jen's not okay with that. And Jen's definitely doing too much. I know I say that every week on this recap. She's doing too much. But Lisa's like, look, uh, Whitney said she's sorry, so I'm accepting her apology. And Jen just like doesn't compute it. You know, like they're trying to tell her, Whitney apologized to us, so we're all moving forward. And it was like Jen was doing a math problem in her head that like was just way too much for her to handle. Like it, that's <laughs> that's how I used to look in AP calculus in high school. Like they'd give me a problem, and it's like that's the same face I made that Jen was making. Like just didn't understand that somebody apologized and we move on. Um, but Meredith eventually gets pissed because Jen goes to 100, and then Meredith's like, I need to excuse myself goodbye. You can engage. I'm not engaging in this. And that's when she storms off and gives us our weekly, I'm not engaging. She says it's because uh, how she was raised. Again, we got some insight, which was good. Um, but then Whitney and Heather come into this dinner at the uh, off-brand Rainforest Cafe, and Jen's like already, uh, you know, going a little bit nuts. And Heather comes to uh, up to Jen and saying, calm down, calm down. And then Jen slaps Heather's hand away and sort of attacks Whitney, not physically exactly, but, you know, she was getting in everyone's personal space. Like, I would have been a little bit confused, bewildered, scared of Jen. And she's also got the bodyguard there. Like, why the fuck does she have the bodyguard there in Vegas? Why with these women? No one has exhibited any uh, reason for anyone to feel like they need a bodyguard on this trip. So, like, why did Jen need a bodyguard? That was so strange to me. And also, like, how much money did Jen spend on this trip to Vegas, bringing in the whole glam squad, bringing in the bodyguard? It was a lot of people. She had a whole entourage there. I was expecting Turtle to come around the corner from Entourage. You know what I'm saying? It was like everyone was there on Jen's team. It's like... <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Uh, Whitney was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and Jen's going after her. And Whitney's like, I, I thought we made up. And then that's when Jen storms off. Lisa sort of goes after her. And Whitney tells, uh, eventually, Lisa and uh, everyone that, uh, Jen was talking behind their backs. And then the Bravo producers show us footage. And you guys, I just have to say, this is Shakespearean layers. You know, I always talk about layers on this show and how I need the feuds to have different feuds. And this episode proved that we have feuds upon feuds with these women. And it was flawless TV. I really think this episode deserves an Emmy for editing, for uh, entertainment, for all of it. These women deserve Emmys. It's Shakespearean. Fantastic. So then Jen told Whitney that Lisa's running her mouth about her. Like there was just, everyone was saying, this person talks about you, and then they talk about you, and they're talking about your marriage. Meredith's not engaging. You know, the, there's so much happening. One of them slapping Heather. Heather's just like, poor little innocent Heather sitting in the corner. Like, why am I getting slapped into this? Um, then we cut to Jen, who left the dinner. And she's in the room, on the phone with Sharif behind the door. And I got to talk about her room for a second. Jen Shah's room in Vegas. Now, there was a lot of stuff in there. I already talked about the entourage. But Jen also had a candle in her room. Now, I have to believe that she either brought this candle or bought it in Vegas because hotel rooms don't just have candles, at least not the ones I'm at. This was a lit candle. There was an open flame. I saw it with my own eyes. I paused it. I said, is that an open flame? in Jen's hotel room, because they don't do that in hotel rooms. So then I'm like, did Jen just go to the Bath and Body Works and get a candle? Like, what happened here? You know I love a candle, but not on vacation. I'm already concerned about lighting my own house on fire, let alone lighting a whole hotel on fire. You know, that'd be my worst nightmare. My boyfriend always tells me, you got to stop lighting the candles, because I always have one running. 
And I did have a kitchen fire once at my old apartment. You know, it was what it was. Um, I did uh, light some hearth and home Target stuff on fire once. You know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, it's not safe for me to be lighting candles, let alone at a public place in a hotel, all those rooms. So I was very concerned for Jen for having this lit candle. And also just, if the hotel people saw that, they'd be pissed at Bravo. I'm sure the a Nomad, or what was the name of this hotel? They probably wrote Bravo, a strongly worded letter. I'm certain they wrote an email saying, and if they didn't before, they're going to do it now if they listen to this podcast and hear that she had a lit candle in the room. Because I don't believe that to be true. Unless, do ritzy rooms have candles? Am I? Is this just something I'm not aware, aware about because I don't stay in really nice hotel rooms? <laughs> You know, I normally in a, stay in a shit room at the Planet Hollywood in Vegas. You know, like I'm not at the Nomad. So I don't know. Maybe they allow candles there. I wouldn't imagine they do. Um, but it's interesting. Jen's on the phone with Sharif and she's like, ah, I fuck these women. You know, she's so pissed. And then we cut to Whitney's room. And I was thinking, like, what happened to the bird booze? You know, I was very concerned with what happened to that big old tub of bird booze. Um, but they are all in Whitney's room. They didn't even have the dinner. And now these women all have a common enemy in Jen. So they're all together. Whitney, Heather, Lisa, and Meredith. Now they're all one unit because, uh, uh, what is that? An enemy of my, or a friend of my enemy is an enemy, or enemy of my enemy is my enemy, or something like that. I don't know. I can't do the math on that. But you know what I'm saying. There's like some uh, saying like that. And so they're all together and they're sitting there talking about how Jen's fucking nuts. And Meredith's like, I was listening and I finally couldn't listen anymore. And I was like, Meredith, you never really listen to these people. I mean, you just walk off and don't engage. But, um, you know, she does come clean about Seth. And you guys, just when I think there can't be any better layers to this show, Meredith tells these women that she's just now bonding with. She says, uh, look, I got to come clean about Seth. And then Lisa gets pissed off at Meredith because Lisa's like, look, you're my best friend. You never told me about Seth that you were dating other people. She's like, you told me there were issues, but not that you were seeing other people. So Lisa's pissed off now. And Lisa's like, I don't want to be Jen's friend after this. And then Heather sticks up for Jen. <sighs> you guys. First, uh, I got to say uh, bravo to Heather because she stuck up for Jen, even though Jen was slapping her and acting nuts in that Rainforest Cafe JLo outfit. And uh, it was such a loyal thing to do. Heather's my queen. You know, I love her. I love all these women, but Heather's my number one. And I love that she's a loyal friend, despite she says it doesn't matter uh, what this person does. All friends go through highs and lows. And sure, Jen might be acting a little bit nuts, but. She's my friend, and we all act a little bit nuts sometimes. I love that about Heather. Loved it. Then we cut to the next morning. Now, Brooks calls Meredith and says he stepped in some dog shit. That dog, Meredith, the Brooks dog, we got to talk about that dog for a second. Shit everywhere. Remember, we saw this when the alarm was going off in an episode a few weeks ago. And now we're hearing that the dog uh, pooped all over the coat of Brooks, and Brooks stepped in it. Stepped right in it. I wonder if he was wearing socks or what. Was Brooks wearing anything on his feet? SOS on Brooks' feet because he stepped in the dog shit. And that dog needs to be trained. Some point we need to get Caesar Milan in there to train this dog because it's just taking a poop everywhere. On those track suits, everything. I mean, that whole Marx family stepping in poop. It's like landmines in their house. I mean, that dog is just shitting everywhere. Excuse my language. Um, but then it's revealed that Jen left Vegas early. I wrote in my notes, what the fuck, you can't do that. And now we'll get to you know what happens with that later. But as of right now, they think that Jen left. 
So we see Whitney stretching in the morning. She says, this is a worse vacation than the time in Bahamas when I started my period on a water slide. And I thought, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, uh, Whitney really makes me laugh. She's got some good comedy and good humor, and I love my Whitney. And yes, she's a little bit messy, um, but I don't, I don't like when people are mean to her. I said that last week on the show. Now, we do see, um, was it Whitney who called? We then cut to our weekly scene of Mary at home in our closet. <laughs> I'm going to play that. I feel like a DJ. I'm playing with my soundboard a little too much, but I think I need to play this sound effect every time we cut to a Mary scene because you know what? It's scary. <laughs> She's always in her fucking closet. That Mary, and I know there was like some issues. I, again, I think this stuff was all probably filmed out of order or shot out of order or edited out of order because none of it makes any sense Like why Mary's just in her closet all the time. It's like, even though if she wasn't uh, hanging out with the women or going on these group trips or whatever, like, couldn't we at least get her somewhere else um, outside of the closet? Because she filmed as if she's in a pandemic. And I just want to remind you guys that this uh, a season was not filmed in a pandemic, but it was like Mary was in her own pandemic because she's just sitting in one spot <laughs> indoors. Indoors. It's like they could have filmed her at a restaurant or, I don't know, a golf course somewhere. I don't know where. We could get Mary literally anywhere else, but it's like we always just see her in that fucking hoarding closet um, or at her house. And it's like, let's get Mary uh, somewhere else. I feel bad. Her and Charlinda are just cooped up in there. And I was shouting at my screen. I'm thinking, you guys are about to hit a pandemic because this was filmed right before the pandemic. And I'm shouting at the screen like, Mary, get out of the house. Like you and Charlinda need to go on vacation now because pretty soon you won't be able to. You know, because she's just sitting in that house with Charlinda going nuts. And they didn't have to. She could have filmed anywhere. And the producers, too, by the way. The producers could have set her up with a camera and a microphone anywhere. They didn't have to film her in that fucking hoarding closet. <laughs> but every time they cut to her, though, it feels like so claustrophobic. It feels like, what are we going to get from her now? <laughs> oh, I'm giggly today, you guys. I shouldn't be allowed a soundboard either, by the way. You know, it's not something that I should be allowed. And I know, spare me the DMs. Don't DM me and say, like, stop playing those sound bites because I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> going to do it anyway. Okay, so then we cut to Jen's room. Apparently, she's still in Vegas. She said she was on the way to the airport and then turned around. I don't fully believe that, but it's what she said. She has a full glam squad there trying to make her look like J-Lo. And Jen's just laughing everything off. She's like, haha, that was fun. You know, she's like, she was acting as if it was all nothing. Um, Heather shows up and, um, look, Heather's like, look, you fucked up. And Jen just like doesn't get it. She's like, what do you mean? Like, she just thinks she acted completely normal at the, the bird booze restaurant. Um, which again, just have to reiterate, they didn't even eat dinner. So that poor restaurant was all set up for them to eat. And then they didn't even eat dinner. They had like each had like one uh, bird shit drink and then they left. Um, anyway, as if this episode, I was satisfied at this point. I was fully satisfied with this episode. I thought, you know what, we got enough. This was more than enough for me to sustain me until next week, which is inexplicably the finale. I'm not okay with that. I'm not happy about that because I've been enjoying this season so much. But I thought we're having so much fun. This is wonderful. I don't need anything else. The episode could have ended right there, but we still. We still had this whole other half of the episode with Kimberly, um, who was a crazy lady. Uh, she, was, she was 
crazy, you guys. She was crazy. I, I hate to call someone crazy. I don't mean to, you know what? I, I don't want to say she was crazy, but she definitely was something else. You know, I'll let you guys decide on an adjective. What did you think? Because when I saw this woman, Kimberly, in her house, you know what I thought? I, you know, it was it was a lot. Apparently, she wrote a book called Subconscious Power, which probably was a good book. You know, Whitney read it, and so it was great. And Whitney says to the gals, I brought us here to find our inner voice. And then Kimberly responds with, I don't even know if I could say this without laughing. Okay, Kimberly says, Kimberly, is she a psychic? What is she exactly? I don't know. She's definitely like a hypnotist. A hypnotist, that's what they labeled her as. Okay, so the hypnotist says, trans state is the bomb. She said, like, meaning like trans meditational state is the bomb. <laughs> and I believe she said the bomb. I don't think she said the bomb, like T H E. I think she said duh, like D A bomb, which I hadn't heard since 1998. After I heard her say the bomb, I was expecting her to break into that Budweiser commercial and be like, what's up? <laughs> like Kimberly was just reading us catchphrases, like from the late 90s, like, yo quiero Taco Bell. Like, I thought, what else is going to come out of this Kimberly's mouth? Um, Heather and Jen arrive late. Jen's again in full green. She brought all green clothes to this trip, and I respect that. I like a color theme, and you know what? I hated on it earlier, but guess what? I like it now, and I'm happy that Jen just decided I'm wearing green. Which, by the way, did you guys hear the New Jersey Housewives taglines? Melissa Gorga's is something about being green with envy. And so she references the color green. So look, uh, Jen Shaw was ahead of her time. Ahead of her time. Now, when Jen arrives, Meredith looks like she just saw a ghost. Like, I actually think that maybe she saw a ghost. Because Meredith's face, I've never seen a ghost. So it went, like, so white. And I swear, look at her, go rewind it back. It looked like Meredith saw a real ghost. Not just Jen Shaw showing up to an event that she wasn't expecting her at. But I really think that um, maybe she saw a ghost in Kimberly's house. You know, she's a hypnotist. Maybe there's ghosts running around, too. I don't know. Um, but when Heather and Jen sit down... Kimberly says to them, Kimberly, the hypnotherapist says, have you ever been hypnotized? And Heather says, yeah, like in a carnival type thing. And I thought like, what the fuck does that mean, Heather? (laughs) Heather Gay, what does that mean? You were hypnotized in a carnival? Like, I don't understand. Did she mean like, you know, when you go to a carnival funhouse and you see those like twirling mirrors or whatever? Like, is that what Heather was referring to? Because she said, yeah, I was hypnotized in a carnival type thing. Like, I don't know what that means. I need answers. Like, what <laughs> What the fuck? What the fuck? Okay, then uh, Kimberly says something about ping pongs. They, like, play something with a ping pong ball as they're sitting on a big-ass couch. This woman's house was insane. It was so big. I mean, humongous. And this woman is a hypnotherapist, but now she decides to just turn into a therapist instead of a hypnotherapist. And she says uh, she's trying to get them all to come clean about how they feel. And Jen sits down on the couch and says, how come it's always me who's too much and too loud and whatever? And I thought, because it is always you like that. Other women are pretty calm, cool, and collected compared to you, Jen. I mean, as much as I love you, and I'm glad, I'm grateful for Jen, because she's really driving story on this show, so we do need her. We do need Jen. Okay, so justice for Jen Shah. But um, I will say that it's like the reason why they're saying you're the one who's too much is because she, she was the one who's too much. You know, she's the one breaking glasses and storming out. Kimberly then chimes in and is like, Whitney, do you have something to say? And it was like, Kimberly, like, butt out. <laughs> Kimberly was trying to get her, uh, uh, her snowflake. You know, she was trying to get in the opening credits, this woman. And I really think we should, uh, revisit a Las Vegas Housewives with Kimberly in the center. 
you know, I'd like to just have a new Housewives franchise. I always said Vegas would make for a good Housewives because, and hear me out, you guys, Vegas already has this exciting nightlife. There's like this very seedy underbelly to Vegas. And I love that sort of like showgirl culture. I feel like we could cast like a couple showgirls. We could get Kimberly. I think there would be a very interesting version of the Las Vegas Housewives, like people who live there who are entertainers on the strip and then maybe like a psychic, you know, some other, I don't know, we're spitballing here, but I feel like there's a lot happening under the surface of Vegas and we have so much exciting stuff happening. Nightlife, there's a lot of money in Vegas. I think there could be a good housewives there and it could be led by Kimberly. Um, Okay. So then Jen says uh, to Kimberly, it's uh, my turn to talk, isn't it? And I'm thinking like, Kimberly's not the mediator, Jen. Like you could talk whenever you want. Um, but Meredith, uh, who was coming for her Emmy, Meredith was coming for her Emmy on this couch. She, and she said, I don't get angry easily. You don't want me angry. Or she's, I, I don't get angry easily. You don't want me angry. And she's really coming for that Emmy. And when she said that, I noticed that Jen looked like she saw a ghost. So now I'm really starting to think like, I think there's some ghost work happening on this show because if you look up at their close faces, it doesn't seem like they're just scared by the conversation. I swear there's ghosts running around Kimberly's house. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist, but I believe there'd be ghosts in this house. I do. It's my truth. Uh, so Kimberly jumps in and tells Jen to say sorry. She's like, it's so cleansing. And again, she's a hypnotist. So I don't know why she's jumping in and, uh, doing therapy. And Jen starts to say, I'm sorry to the other women. And Kim Burley says, uh, the I'm sorry has to come with no condition, which she's right. Kimberly's spot on. You know, you can't just say sorry, but you have to just say, I'm sorry. That's a good lesson for us all. And sometimes it sucks to say, I'm sorry, but you have to bite your tongue and just simply say, I'm sorry. So uh, look, I, I, I'm going to call a timeout and we can play a little game. Kimberly says to the women. And she says, who doesn't trust this person? Who doesn't trust Whitney? Who doesn't trust Lisa? And no one raised their hand. And then she says, who doesn't trust Jen? And everyone raises their hand. Every single person on that couch. I swear there was an extra woman there too. I don't know. I counted an extra person. I think like they added somebody. It was like a producer or something was just barely in frame raising their hand. Like, I don't trust Jen. Maybe it was that ghost. (laughs) The ghost is like, I don't fucking trust Jen either. You know, like everyone in that room raised their hand. It was like there were all the women in the cast plus extra people raised their hand. I raised my hand at home. In fact, when Kimberly said, who doesn't trust Jen? I raised my hand right up. I felt like I was in the room. Who didn't raise their hand? I don't believe anyone didn't. Um, but then, uh, the Kimberly, the hypnotist says, who doesn't trust Heather? And Jen raised her hand. No one else did. And Heather's pissed because she's like, I've always been sticking up for this woman. She said, did she not understand the question? Like, what the fuck? And then we see a montage of Heather chasing after Jen, being a good friend. And I just was so mad at Jen. I'm like, Heather's always been there for you. Why are you treating her poorly? Don't treat my Heather poorly, Jen. Come on now. She's always been there. She's a loyal friend. She's sticking up for you every second. Jen Shaw. Now be nice to our Heather. She is a good human being. Okay, so then Whitney wants to say something to Jen, but she's like not going to do it until she moves to the other side of the couch. And honestly, like I get it. She's like, I got to move to my own space. And Kimberly's like, that's a very good idea. She said, this is very good for all of us, Kimberly. Just 
<laughs> um, and then, look, they all seem to make up. That's the end of the episode. Next week, we have the finale. It's the Beauty Lab and Laser opening party. And Meredith shows up in a full face mask. Oh, I can't wait. Whew, I loved it. And that preview when Meredith shows up with that thing all over her face. You guys, I can't wait. I can't wait. And Mary's going to be in the finale, too, which is surprising. She's not even at home. She leaves the house. Meredith, Mary leaves the house. And they all show up at the thing. And when Mary shows up, she sees the napkins that say, like, beauty AF. And then Mary's like, my mother, she's like, what does AF stand for? And she's like, does it stand for after the fact? And <laughs> my mom thought it stood for the Aflac doc, remember? Um, she thought it was like, I came out with a cocktail book with um, Ariana and Tom from Vanderpump Rules. It was called Fancy AF Cocktails. And my mom's like, what's Fancy Aflac Cocktail, Stan? What's Fancy Aflac? So, you know, that's the episode... I can't wait, although I'm also devastated that, that we're at the end. I can't even believe we're at the end, you guys. I'm devastated over it. I'm losing sleep. The reunion's going to be good, though, and the finale looks good. And again, this was just a five-star episode. I know people have been hating on Salt Lake City, but I think it's been a great season, specifically this episode. Just flawless TV. Flawless Housewives. And it makes me so happy when I get an episode like this because I think, okay, we're okay. We're okay. You know, sometimes I watch some of the other franchises or stuff that's on the decline, and I think, how are we going to get through this? And then Bravo gives us something like this week. And also, uh, spoiler alert, I saw the Jersey premiere, and it's fantastic. So when I get episodes that are so good, like like the Jersey premiere or this week's Salt Lake City, I think we're going to be okay. We are going to be okay. So, you guys, that's the recap. I'm going to play my chat with Dr. Tiffany Moon. I will try to put this chat up on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Go like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, you could donate $4 more per month. You get access to the bonus episodes. I do one a month that I'm recapping Sex in the City. And I really got to say, I think the Sex in the City recaps are super fun. So I, you know, I do just one a month. More importantly, the money supports the show. Uh, but I also think they're fun bonus episodes. So uh, you can also get, we have Everything Iconic merch at everythingiconic.store. We have new Queen Icon Legend face masks that are really cute. Um, and check that out, everythingiconic.store. With all of that said, I will leave you with this chat with Dr. Tiffany Moon from The Real Housewives of Dallas. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. And you guys, I'm a little hard on, I gotta say up front, I gotta let you guys in on a little secret. I was a little hard about the Brandy stuff and the vacation. Now, I think it's justified because we saw that she went on a vacation in the pandemic, but I know you guys get mad at me about the pandemic stuff because I'm always talking about it. And I did bring it up a couple times at the beginning and then we talked about it at the end with Dr. Tiffany Moon. So I'm sorry, I know some of you get upset about that and, you know... I get it. I get it. But I love you, and I'm hoping you enjoy this chat. Okay, bye-bye. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. 
Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing, because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. Dr. Tiffany Moon. Dr. Moon, how are you today? Good, Danny. How are you? I'm so excited to chat with you. I think we were um, we were talking on uh, Twitter a little bit, and I was laughing this morning thinking how Twitter seems to have come up with all these names for your fans, like Moonbeams and all these sorts of different things. What's the official title? Do we have that yet? I think it's Moonbeams. Okay. It's hashtag moonbeams because I saw a couple of others that was like hashtag team Tiffany, but I think moonbeams is really cute. And I don't know who to give credit to. I don't know who came up with that. It wasn't me. You know, it was a collective Bravo effort. We'll just say that. How about? Okay. Okay. But you get credit for moonstruck. Right. 
I was moonstruck from you uh, from the start. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite movies. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so how has it been your first season? Are you enjoying the ride? What's it like being sort of thrust into this Bravo world? Uh, if I could describe it in one word, it would be overwhelming. <laughs> right. Um, it's a lot. Um, yeah. I am still working my job as an anesthesiologist and I have young children, um, which a lot of, um, other women do as well. Um, but it's just managing the schedule and, um, dealing with all of the, um, comments on social media and trying to re- reply back to everyone. It's just, it's a lot of work. Like I wish I could clone myself so that one of me could go be a doctor and one of me could do all the housewife things. Right. When you decided to join the show, was that pre pandemic when you sort of made the decision? Okay. So then the pandemic happens, you're an anesthesiologist. What is, were you hesitant then or what was going through your mind? Um, knowing that you would now have to film in the midst of this. Yeah. um, I found out um, and started talking to the producers in 2019 about being on the show. And then we were supposed to start filming in spring of 2020, which is always how it's been. And that is right when coronavirus hit. And so we had to put a halt on everything. The production company was like, we don't even know if we're going to shoot season five or when it's going to be. So um, it kept getting, it was like a moving, 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 moving. And then finally um, when things, um, when we understood things a little bit better and we had the safety protocols in place, then they send it out to everyone and we read through it all and it seemed very organized and everything was according to the CDC guidelines. Um, and I thought, okay, we, I think we can safely do this. And to our testament, we did because we did our entire filming and not one person got sick. That's amazing. That's amazing. I know I had a lot of questions for you about that because I find it kind of distracting on watching the show and seeing there be so many different sort of PPE rules. And it's like, sometimes people are wearing the face shield. And I wondered, um, you know, as a medical professional, like what your thoughts on all that was, because it, it seems scene to scene, everything is different. Does that make sense? Yeah, there were some changes in the protocol between face masks and um, face shields. Um, We did try to socially distance as much as we could, and we didn't see anybody else except ourselves. Um, And we would basically have all of our PPE on until the moment that we were ready to start filming, and then we would take it off. Um, And sometimes we would wear face shields instead of masks because you can't tell people's facial expressions when they're wearing masks. Um, and so it was partially so that people could see us. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, we need to see your expressions. What about when, when Brandy went off to Florida? So that was, did she have to come back and, and not film for a couple of weeks or how did that work out? Yeah, I'm not really sure. She missed my dim sum because of Florida. And then I think um, when she got all her tests negative, um, then they let her come to Carrie's party, but only like in her full gear the entire time. <laughs> uh, what uh, did you watch the show before joining it? Had you seen the previous seasons? 
I had seen um, many episodes of Dallas. I saw all of season four and probably most of three, um, but none of the other franchises. So were you nervous just seeing what had happened before? Like, were you more excited, more nervous? Like what was going through your head when you're meeting all of these women in person? I mean, I was a little bit nervous just because as the new person to a group that's already established, you're sort of, you know, everyone's looking at you. Um, But I was also excited because I'm friends with a lot of these women off camera and they're great women. And, you know, I was looking forward to traveling and and um, going to fun events with them and just letting my hair down and having some fun. It's interesting in the in the last week's episode, you had talked a little bit about how you wanted to let loose a little bit more. And I related to that so much. I look back on some of my like college years and my 20s, and I think I wish I would have had a little bit more fun or been a little bit looser. Um, I just I appreciated that. Uh, was there a pressure to kind of let loose a little bit? We saw Carrie really was like trying to get you to drink alcohol and Um, you know, the booze was flowing. Did you feel a pressure or were you kind of excited to take on that role? Yeah. I mean, it was her birthday. So certainly I was down to take, you know, a birthday shot with the birthday girl, but this was not a one shot situation. I, I don't know if it comes across to the viewers, but this was like multiple, multiple rounds. And, you know, after two and I'm politely declining and I've already done two. So I've sort of, you know, been the polite guest. Um, I don't want any more. I had to work that day and I had to work the day following. So I was just trying to be responsible while at the same time being there to celebrate my friend's birthday. I'm trying to like balance all the things. So um, that's why I was hesitant to take more and had to spit some out and um, do what I call the over the shoulder right. shot, which is when you pretend to take it and, you know, <laughs> exactly. See, I've you done know. that a time or I'm two. Like, yeah. I'm like, I went to Mexico with my brother and like some of his friends years ago and they were like big drinkers and it's like, I couldn't keep up and I knew I couldn't keep up. So I was constantly doing the, um, the thing. Um, where are you and Carrie at now? How are you, are you guys getting along? What's the, what's the deal with you and Carrie? You know, I was ready to bury the hatchet. Um, you know, we didn't start off on the right foot, but then actually you you will see in future episodes that we actually have a touching moment. She has problems um, reconnecting with her mom. I have problems connecting with my mom. Um, we are both struggling with that. And we actually bond um, later on in the season. But I think it's so weird in real life when you look at things that have been said about you months prior and then you have social media, right? Which is always, you know, crazy. Um, And she came out on social media and called me a snake. Like that was just put out there. And we can talk, we can disagree, all those sorts of things. But when you go on social media publicly and call me a snake, I'm not going to take kindly to that. Right. So I think that then instigated a number of mean tweets back and forth, um, which we are both guilty of, that have now left us in a sour place that I hope we can recover from. Right. Uh, And uh, what about you and Cam? On the show, we saw you guys, there's this whole chicken foot debacle. Um, 
when you watched it back, did you feel like at that, at the, the eating of the chicken foot, did you feel like you were maybe um, uh, pushing her out of her comfort zone? Or did you feel like that was justified in terms of like trying to get her to try something new? Yeah, no, I when I watched the episode back, it is very clear to me that I was overly enthusiastic for her to try a chicken foot, which is true. Um, I just thought it would be hilarious if Cameron Westcott ate a chicken foot. I just I don't know why I had it in my head that that would just have been the funniest meme of all time. (laughs) And yes, I was trying to push her out of her comfort zone. I'm out of my comfort zone. You know, I want her to go out of her comfort zone. I want all of us to go out of our comfort zone in some ways. And I know that some people were like, oh my gosh, you were so pushy. That's so rude. Feet are disgusting. I wouldn't eat that either. And I'm like, that's fine. But please don't start gagging and asking for a barf bag when the food that I'm presenting you comes out. There's a way to politely decline. Right. And there's a way to not so politely decline. Um, so I just felt a little bit insulted in the at the manner in which she acted during the whole chicken foot gate. Right. And, you know, there was a moment on Watch What Happens Live recently uh, that Cam had sort of, I don't want to misspeak for her, uh, but a lot of Bravo watchers kind of picked up on it. She she said, I believe the word was bossy. I don't want to misspeak. Did you see no, that? She said that. She said that. So what were your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people felt like there was a, the, the meaning behind what she was saying was... Um, was inappropriate. And again, I didn't see the clip, but a lot of people had written on me, written to me to ask you this. Okay. Um, what, yeah, what were your no, thoughts uh, on that? I did not watch that segment specifically. I think I fell asleep, but I did watch it later. <laughs> um, um, if that's past my bedtime. Um, she did call me bossy. That is true. Um, and I, in general, even before she used the word bossy, have always not liked that term because I think it has a negative connotation to it. I think it's particularly used against strong, ambitious women. Have you ever heard a man be called bossy? I haven't. Um, it's, it's used when strong, ambitious women sort of take charge of a situation or give orders. And it's sort of like to put them down or put them in their place. Um, and I don't like it. We do not use that word in my house. So it's sort of a trigger word for me. Um, she did call me that. Um, it's fine. Um, we've talked about it. Um, it's, it's really water under the bridge for me and, and things like this that happen. It's almost good because then we can at least talk about it so we can have a conversation about it. You know, why do you not like the word bossy? Why do you think it's such a loaded term? Blah, blah, blah. At least we can have a conversation about it. Right. You know, speaking of conversations, your very first episode, you came in and I sort of felt like as a viewer, it must have been, excuse my language, but shitty to come in this new job. And it almost felt like the cast and the audience was looking at you to respond to Brandy's, uh, the video that Brandy had made that had been all over social media. And I I felt like it must have been frustrating to come in and have to to deal with that right off the bat. And there must've been a pressure because it, I don't know if I was just feeling that way, but it looked like everyone was looking to you to like absolve Brandy of this, this video in this moment. Um, What was your opinion on that? 
Yeah, that was hard um, coming in. You know, the first um, episode, I'm having a serious conversation with someone about racism, which is a very charged and very emotional topic for me and for our country right now. Um, So there was a lot of weight on my shoulders. Um, I, you know, was cast before the video resurfaced. So I had nothing to do with the video. And then the video came out and all the mean tweets and cancel Brandy and all that stuff. And I feel like in some ways people were either waiting for me to absolve her. And then other people texted me on social media and were like, you better get her. And I'm like, what do you mean? I better get her. What is Mm. not like, I, I cannot speak for all Chinese people, but let me just speak for myself and say that what I saw um, was ignorant and in poor taste, but I cannot, I'm not going to go after her. First of all, like that's not my job and what I'm here to do. And when does going after someone for something that they did wrong ever actually teach them a lesson? Mm. Does it really, you know, um, I have young children and, and so I um, do take a lot of pride in my parenting skills. And I thought, why don't I explain to her why this could have hurt so many people? So I thought, why don't I just tell her my own immigration story and maybe she'll understand that the slanty eyes thing can be really hurtful for a lot of people. Because even when I saw it, that brought back all those memories of when I was six years old and people used to do that to me. Um, And I think she got the point. I, I, you know, I don't think we need to berate her for it. I think she, she got it. She gets it. She didn't mean it in a malicious way. Um, And I really hope that we can move on from it because I really do think she's a good person and hopefully we can be better friends in the future. Uh, You mentioned your parenting. Uh, We saw your mom this past week. Has she watched the show at all? Yeah. Mom doesn't have cable. So um, she doesn't have Bravo and I'm certainly not about to text her a link on (laughs) how to get it. So um, no, mom doesn't watch Bravo or TikTok and I intend to keep it that way. Yeah. I was going to ask about the TikTok. Your TikToks are so funny. And I I was curious if she was, is she even like aware that you're doing them? She made one with me one time. I was like, mom, all you got to do is stand here and go like this. That's it. And she was like, So um, (laughs) she made a TikTok with me. She knows. I mean, I've shown her a few of them. Um, I was like, remember that time I was studying for my SATs and you threw a shoe at me? And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany, where did you grow up at? Excuse me. uh, Should I call you Dr. Moon or? uh, Oh, no, no, no. Call me Tiffany. Okay, sorry. Um, I grew up in Beijing for the first six years of my life and then New York. For another three years or so, we moved around a lot. And then my dad got a job in Flower Mound, Texas. So I lived there until I was 15. Um, And then I went off to college at Cornell um, in upstate New York. (laughs) Then back to Dallas for medical school and San Francisco for residency. And then back to Dallas where I now remain with a mortgage and four kids in private school. So here I shall remain. Uh, Do you watch the other housewives? Do you watch um, like Potomac? I don't. I started watching Salt Lake City just because like I wanted to, but I don't know the characters. And so when I watch season X of something and they're talking about something that used to happen, I just feel so, so lost. 
So I started watching Salt Lake City because it's new. So I feel like I can know the characters from the beginning because I did try to watch some of the other franchises and I was so lost. I I didn't know what they were talking about or referencing. And I wasn't going to go back to season one and like restart. And I'm one of those crazy people that has to know everything that's happening. So it just drove me so nuts that I didn't understand what was happening that I only watch Salt Lake City because it's new. You're busy. I mean, you don't have to, you don't got to go back and watch a hundred seasons, but if you ever do decide Potomac is really, really great. And I would, I'd be so interested to get your take because there's a, a Dr. Wendy on, um, on that show. And, and people sort of made such a huge deal about her mentioning her degrees quite a bit and, and, and that she's a doctor. And um, I, I would love to get your take on that. You know, if you ever watched it, you're both educated well, Queens though. I, I follow Wendy on um, Instagram. She seems lovely, beautiful, educated. Um, I don't know about the mentioning of the degrees. I mean, I've never heard her do that. And um, I don't know. I'm If you have a degree, mention it occasionally. What's wrong with that? Yeah, mention it all. I'd get t-shirts made if I was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some questions that people wrote in uh, via the Everything Iconic Patreon. Um, so Rita Ryan says, uh, when did you meet Mama D? And did you guys hit it off right away? Yes, I met Mama D probably five years ago now. She is a patient advocate at the hospital, which I work at. And um, our our paths crossed because she was advocating for a patient who needed anesthesia services. And so we kind of got mixed in that way. And, you know, Mama D, she was like, who are you? Like, you're going to be the anesthesiologist today. What are your credentials, (laughs) ma'am? And I was like, "Um, ma'am, I went to Cornell and, you know, I gave her all the credentials because she asked for them. And then she was like, okay, we'll take you. And I was like, okay, like that was kind of intense. Um, And after that, then she was like, oh, so-and-so is having surgery. Are you working on this day? And I was like, oh, I see how it is now. But then we became friends. And then she was like, you have to meet my daughter, Deandra. Y'all would get along so well. You're both, you know, quick-witted and snappy. And so then we started hanging out. So actually, I met Mama D before I met Deandra. Um, And we just started hanging out. And that was five years ago. I love that. And what did she make of Deandra with the shaman I don't know if the person was blowing something in her nose or sucking it out, but (laughs) look, I was there. I was there that night and I still don't understand what happened. Okay. Wait, you were in, you were there at the, yeah, I was there. Well, I was like half asleep because it was all quiet and they were playing this like shaman, like meditation music. And I had worked all day and it was very peaceful. We like chanted. So I was, I was half asleep. I still don't understand whether he was blowing in or sucking (laughs) out or what the thing was. I I, I honestly don't know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And during a pandemic, no less. We'll have to ask her about that one. Um. Okay, so Aloha La Candy, that's the name here. Did you know that Bravo viewers would become instant fans of you after using the Sheree gif in response to Stephanie um, trying to say she was obnoxious for showing her closet? That's an interesting thing. What what did you make of Stephanie with the closet? Because she had sort of shaded you on the show and said, oh, it's uh, inappropriate for her to be showing off her goods or whatever it was. Yeah. But then you had posted a video of Stephanie on BravoTV.com showing off her closet. I mean, let's be honest. We want to see the housewife's closets, yeah. right? I want to like, see everyone's closet. Show, right? 
Um, so my feelings were a little hurt when I saw the show for the first time. And, and she said that she thought I was obnoxious um, because I, I never intended to be braggy or obnoxious. I was excited for her to come over and to show her my home. Um, and, and the bag that I showed her had just been flown in um, to me from Italy. I had been waiting on it for over, I think, eight months because of the pandemic. And so I was like, honestly excited to show it to her. I was not trying to be like, oh, look at all the things I own. Um, And I don't know. My feelings got a little hurt. And then, you know, hurt people hurt people. So then I went on Twitter and, you know, (laughs) my Twitter fingers got all excited. Um, And then We we love your Twitter. We love, uh, we love Twitter, those Twitter fingers. Twitter, I'm like during live tweet, I'm just like mad. I'm like, don't talk to me right now. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, um, but we worked it out. Stephanie came over two weekends ago. Um, she had bubble tea for the very first time. And she said that she liked it. Um, and I apologized for my tweets and she apologized for her tweets and we hugged it out and everything is kumbaya. <laughs> she seems like someone would be very difficult to stay mad at. Cause I always just imagine her as just like a sweet, innocent, person not to say she doesn't have a shady side to her because obviously we've we've seen that a little bit on the show yeah Um, and and i get that you know sometimes you say things like to say them to get a rise out of people and then later you're like "Mm, probably i shouldn't have said that like we've all done that except most of us don't have to reconcile it, you know, six months later. So it's all water under the bridge. She is the sweetest person. And look, this is small fry for, you know, issues that are happening in our world. This closet obnoxiousness, um, you know, is, is small fry. You know, that's kind of a, a little bit what I'm enjoying about Real Housewives of Dallas this season is I like those those little arguments that are very relatable, I think, to all of us watching at home that are about a closet or I'm not saying your closet's relatable because mine's a little shoe closet, but, but, you know, those little arguments instead of, uh, you know, the, the bigger, crazier things. I don't know if that made any sense. Yes, I think it does. I, these kinds of things don't harm your friendship in the long run. Like you can get over these kinds of things, but when you say things, certain things about people's, you know, marriages or children or something like that. Those are the kind of hurtful things that you may not be able to take back. I think that's what you were trying to, is that right? Right. And is there anyone that has gone below the belt in a way that you feel like is at least as of right now, something you can't get over the snake thing with Carrie? Do you feel like you guys are able to go forward? I hope that we will be. I did not know that she was going to say that. And, you know, I can work things out with anyone any day, but I do not take kindly to being called a snake on social media, especially while you're trying to promote a product of your, like, what are you doing? Like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I mean, I mean tweeted back at that because I wasn't going to stand there and be called a snake. Um, for what even, I I still don't understand what the reference is for. Um, so I decided to turn that negative into a positive and donate the cost of her little necklace, um, to the SPCA instead. I saw that. That was a great, 
That was a great response. Uh, what do we have to look forward to on the show? What's to come? Is Brandy taking any more vacations in the midst of a pandemic or what? I sure, I sure hope not. No, um, no more vacations. I can't be- get over that, Tiffany. I, I feel like it was frustrating. I was like, I've been sitting at home and I know people get mad at me because I talk about, you know, the, the protocols and everything when watching these shows. But that to me was just so frustrating. She's like, I'm going to Florida. I'm thinking, I don't understand that. Why are you going to Florida now? Yeah, that was um, nothing to do with me. Um, it, it was it was booked um, before you know we were supposed to start the show, and the date had moved, and yada yada, and you know it it was what it was. Um, and and she maintained proper precautions. Um, but I agree with you. Um, I, I see. I I would have been frustrated. And I would have been frustrated, like watching that party where you said she had to wear all the protocol. But I would, I felt almost bad, and maybe there's just something I'm missing. But there were people that were working at that party that I, I felt like, and there were moments we saw her drunk and kind of making fun with the face shields, and I don't know. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it, and I apologize. And people are going to be mad at me for overanalyzing all of it. No, no, no. There's been um, some criticism of of the way that you know that was handled. Um, and all I can say is that at, at the time we were doing the best that we could getting done the work that we needed to get done. Right. And right. I agree right. with you. It was, um, incredibly frustrating. And my, I myself have canceled, oh, I don't know, like nine trips. American Airlines owes me like 30,000. <laughs> no, seriously, they won't give it back to me. It's just like in voucher format. Uh, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, vouchers are yeah. the worst. Yeah. I was supposed to go to Hawaii, Prague. San Francisco, um, Grand Cayman. Yeah. So I have a yeah. lot of, if anyone wants to hang out, I have a lot of voucher money. A lot of miles. In, in, yes. In American Airlines right now. Would love to see you all. And you know what? A lot of people are traveling and stuff. So that's the reality. We're watching a, a documentary reality show. That's the reality of, of what's going on in, in some ways. So, um, uh, So what's to come? I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, no. Um, there will be there will be more fights. There will be more tears. I will not be the only push person who was pushed into a swimming pool. There will be actual moments of reflection and true friendships, um, and growth. I'm excited. It feels like this season is almost a refresh. It's it's been exciting so far. I think it's it's been really good. I've been enjoying it. So thank you so much. Um, finally, I just have a couple questions I ask every guest. Um, if your favorite Mariah Carey song? Ooh, hero. Uh, a classic. A classic ballad. Classic. I used to figure skate to that song. So. Oh my God, were you a fi- figure skater too? Yes. Yes, not a very good one, but yes. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Um, and if you were choosing for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? Besides my husband? You can't choose your husband. It's got to be like a okay. famous actor, musician, you know. I like the guy from Crazy Rich Asians. Not the not the Harry Golden guy, but Chris Pang. Not Henry Gold- Chris Pang, yeah. He's gorgeous. Yes. And I met him and he's super sweet. He was dating my friend. He's very handsome. Oh, I love that. Um, also, uh, did you have an AOL instant messenger screen name? Oh my gosh. It was Spiffy Tiffy. Spiffy Tiffy. Where did that come from? 
Cause I spiffy and I'm so spiffy and I was like 13 when I made it. So I thought it sounded cool. And now you're bringing back all these memories. You know, that door closing sound like, like when someone leaves the chat room and then you get in the chat and bling. The best. I miss those days. Take me back. Take me back. Oh my God. Okay. This is the last thing. Remember when dial up was a thing and then you'd have to log onto the internet and it'd be like, and then you'd be connected to the internet. And then my mom would come in and she'd be like, Tiffany, you got to get, get off the internet. I have to make a phone call. Cause that was like on the phone line. See now, now I'm telling my true age. It opens up, it opens up a door. Did you, have you seen that show pen 15? They have a whole episode about, um, AOL Instant Messenger. It's it's great. No, I um, haven't seen any shows because <laughs> you, I don't watch TV. I know. Well, I get it. You're busy. You're busy. No, no, I just I just fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what do you want to promote? Anything you want to tell us? I know you have a line of I, candles and stuff. Yes, so tell us all I about that. I would love to. Thank you for asking. I have a line of aromasthesia candles, which is a blend between aromatherapy and anesthesia. And they are all named after um, commonly used anesthesia drugs. And so this is the four pack. Here. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. And, um, we so have they're, scent, they're scented then they're scented. Yes, they yeah. have different okay. scents and different, um, anesthesia drug names and quirky little drug facts on the back, like Love indications that. for use on this one. It says, um, if anyone has ever told you that you have a resting bitch face, like you should use this candle. Um, <laughs> cause people tell me that all the time. And then we have single packs as well. And then last but not least for Valentine's day, um, my husband actually designed this for me. Um, but it's a heart entwined with a circle and it's called eternal love, um, to represent the love that we should all have for one another. And I'm going to make a Valentine's day promo for that. And all of the proceeds for all of these items go to the family place. Um, except I put $1,400 of it to the SBCA. Um, <laughs> Because I had to do that, um, you know, to yeah, clap, clap back. back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the rest of the proceeds will go to the family place, um, which is a oh, organization that I'm involved in that helps victims of domestic violence. And that's a cause that's very important to you? It is. It's near and dear to my heart. I've had personal experience with it, which I have Sorry. not shared um, before. Um, but it it is a, a a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. Is it something we might see you share on the show or um, kind not, of, this, not, sure. not this right. season? Yeah. It's, um, it's a little dark and I don't know. It's one of those things that don't want to go there yet. Yeah. It's interesting with these shows. Um, you know, I had Stephanie on, on this podcast a, a long time ago when she had been opening up about her depression and sometimes those dark things, I, I, her story on the show made me feel like, not alone. And, and so sometimes these things can, can be so helpful, but also I understand how tough they can be to open up about. So, um, but uh, Tiffany, I I've loved getting to know you on the show. I look forward to it. Where can people find you and where can people find that stuff? I love a candle too. So I'm going to go get some candles. When we're oh, talking. I will send you a candle, honey. I am on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Tiffany moon, MD, just all one long word. And my website is Tiffany moon, MD.com. And there I have the candles, scrub caps, face masks, and the eternal love necklace. 
Well, thank you so much. I want to tell everyone, thank you for listening here at Everything Iconic. If you're watching this video on the YouTube channel, go like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff below. You can get Everything Iconic merch at everythingiconic.store. Tiffany, thank you so much. Best of luck for the rest of the season. I can't wait to keep watching. Thank you so much, Danny. It was wonderful talking to you. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts.